I finally got my room cleaned up though. My home office that I've been using for god seven months. It's finally resembling somewhat of a studio now though. Nice. Got the uh, soundproofing on the wall, got the floor cleaned up, got my decorations on the walls instead of on the floors. Got my skate decks hung up. My uh, my art piece skate decks that have been <laughs> packaged up since we moved from Erie uh, two years ago. Sweet. Sounds nice. Uh, does, uh, does the soundproofing do anything? <laughs> does, do it's I not, sound any different? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it sound bad or worse or I don't know. Right. I, I don't notice anything. Do you notice anything in your headphones? Uh, no, not really. All right. Well, should we get going? Yeah, might as well. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 9, Episode 9, The Shucker. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Never wait for seconds. We didn't have any homework from the episode, and there's only one little bit of trivia um, from the IMDb page, and we kind of pointed it out. We pointed the similarity out during our discussion about the episode last week. The main plot point for this episode echoes the finale of Seinfeld, which Larry David helped to write. In that episode, the main characters were on trial, and a parade of characters from past episodes were brought in to testify for their past or to their past bad behavior, causing them to be convicted. In this episode of Curb, Larry has a fatwa on him, and someone he helped out is investigating his past behavior to see if he's actually a decent man, so that the fatwa might be lifted. And we saw a lot of characters uh, from previous episodes. So, But in this case, I did like the way... So it, se it seems lazy on its face, but until you remember that, Larry's bad behavior ends up sounding like good behavior to the guy who's investigating, and so that's why the fatwa is lifted. Maybe Larry should move to Iran. Maybe that's where he'd like fit in, it, it sounds like, possibly, you know? Um, Maybe. Let me see. So what about if we have any goofs from the episode? Uh, there. Oh, this was interesting. So Caesar wants to watch the soccer game, and I, I guess he must have said it was a World Cup game because the goof here is that there was no soccer match between Mexico and Argentina for the World Cup qualifiers. I guess there was one around 2017 um i know it's not every year let me see yeah there was uh there was one so but mexico and argentina did not play for the world cup qualifiers like caesar says he wants to watch in larry's office mexico do not play south american qualifiers at all i guess i guess they're a part of the north american team which makes or north american qualifiers hmm, which okay. makes sense yeah uh let me see i the episode references the scarlet letter when marty funkhauser says he has an a on his shirt for apology parodying the a for adulteress from the movie and of course the book the scarlet letter so that is it all right well if you have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the last 19 minutes that's not that bad yeah. being almost exclusively research and a lot of bullshit we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we're giving ourselves homework i've never seen these episodes before in the last six years tim has never seen these episodes before in the last six years had to change that up a little or bit because tim hasn't seen these episodes at all yeah well yeah. i mean they came out six years ago so oh, yeah yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess that's true. It, it, but, it's but that it's implies that's the truth. Yeah. It still implies that I've seen them, though. It, okay. I've never seen these episodes before. <laughs> Tim has never seen these episodes before. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or X if you prefer, or no hugging, no learning show at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Instagram. It's no hugging underscore no learning. 
and uh, just, I don't know, send us something if you uh, want to reach out to us. If you like us, you can give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. If you like us a lot, that's if you like us a little bit. If you like us a lot a bit, you can join us over on Patreon, where for five bucks a month, you can get early access to extended versions of every episode. And I want to give a shout out to everyone who has joined us over there, including Liam M., Michael Klatsky, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John Murphy, Danica Ligorio, J-Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski, including Derek Wayne for... Another week, Derek. Mm-mm. Sad to see Get you go. But taking can. taking Derek's place, joining us on the free trial, Tim. Welcome to Dan, or I, I guess welcome Dan to the, oh. to the to the community. Does he have a last name? Uh, nope, just Dan. Oh, just Dan. Just, just Dan for now. We will just okay. uh, just Dan is his I, name. I work with a Dan, so I, but it's probably not him. But Dan actually sent us a message, and I wanted to add this because Derek was the one who said, yeah, we should review season 12 when it comes out. And we had that idea of like, okay, maybe doing that as Patreon exclusive. Well, yeah. Derek just canceled the Patreon, so get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> just kidding, Derek. Please resubscribe if you want to. But we're not going to be doing that. Dan reached out to us and said, hey, guys, thanks for all the great content. Love Seinfeld and Curb and appreciate the current take you both bring to each. Regarding season 12, my vote is go in order. I know reviewing them while they air oh. sounds sweet. But watching season 12 before seasons 10 and 11 hurts my OCD soul. <laughs> Thanks. Dan, we're going to listen to you because, I mean, you, you are on a, on a free trial. So th yeah. this, is my, this is my attempt for you to roll your free trial into a paying membership. Is he okay with, I mean, because the idea we came up with was they're not going to be full episodes. They're just going to be us like shooting the shit about them. And then we will do full reviews of them in the timeline, in the sacred know. timeline, in the sacred timeline. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I'm gonna start calling the free feed, the sacred <laughs> timeline. <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, Dan. Let us know. What do you think of that idea? Because I thought that it, was a good idea. Just doing like shoot the shit uh, style for season twelve as it comes out, and then uh, let our timeline the sacred timeline pass through season 12 at normal pace and yeah. do our full length reviews that way and we'll like never release those patreon episodes on the free feed you on know, the sacred like, timeline uh, yeah on the sacred timeline I, I already went back on the stupid joke i came <laughs> up with um we'll never yeah well they'll remain on the patreon feed only because they'll just be kind of like you know we probably won't even take notes during them we'll, we'll watch them and then we'll record an episode and ted will just like dump it on the patreon I'll just take know, a dump then, on the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> like I did Derek this week, apparently. God damn. <laughs> and then um and then when they come out, we'll do the full we'll give them the full no hugging, no learning treatment. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I thought that I thought so I, I hope that's okay with him. It's less work doing it his way, so I'm cool with that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always cool with that. I did see a little bit of news. I meant to mention this last week because I knew there was something, but new era. Now ha the hat company now has a Seinfeld collection. Did you see these hats? I did. I I don't know if I saw a new era or if I saw another company that has like MLB style hats for '90s sitcoms. Yes, which I thought that was awesome. Like they did a. It says Yankees, but it's in the Seinfeld font with the oval behind it. They did Frasier, uh, but it's uh, the what is it? The Seattle Mariners. It says Mariners, and it has the Seattle uh, skyline outline behind it. And it's in the Fraser font. I'm like, those look cool. 
Yeah, I really like those. I, I really like that Frazier hat. Um, yeah. And there, I think there was a Red Sox hat for Cheers as well. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, and I was like, man, I wish that there was a good sitcom that took place in Pittsburgh, but there there isn't. <laughs> uh, there was one a long time ago. I don't remember what it's called, but um, yeah. it. Uh, where, did, uh, where did Home Improvement take place? I think Home Improvement was Detroit. Detroit's Detroit, got a baseball yeah. team. Let's get I a know. Tigers hat for Home Improvement. That would be awesome. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would, they, they need to do more of those because when I looked up, I was like, oh, God, I hope they did these for every team. But then I was like, what would they do for Pittsburgh? I guess they could expand it to there's been a lot of movies in Pittsburgh, I think. But I don't know. Just, yeah, just I would love to see more of those. The Mariner's uh, hat does look sweet, though. You're right. Um, that's the best one. There's got to be a sitcom that was... took place in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, there was. I, I forget what it's called. It was like not Mike and Molly, but something like that. You know, actually, why didn't Mike and Molly take place? Sullivan in and son took place in Pittsburgh. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Wait, I'm not. What am I thinking? I'm thinking of Sanford and son. What is Sullivan and son? Sullivan and son is the, the, um, ah, damn it. What's that guy's name? He's like when, when the big guy from Mike and Molly is not on the rock morning show, that guy's on the rock morning show. Steve um, Byrne. Steve Byrne. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he must be from Pittsburgh because, you know, they talk to him just that much and he's always back here. So um, Billy Gardell, that's the other one I was thinking of. <laughs> I don't um, remember this show at all. What the I don't fuck? either. I think it was on like TV land or something. <laughs> was that right? I, I think it was on TV land. That's why. Uh... <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, a huge. It was deal, on TBS. But... Oh, TBS. OK, yeah, I knew it was basic cable. What What is Steve Byrne from? Not to be confused with Steve Burns. Right from blues clues right yeah yeah, yeah. No, so he's from he's just a stand-up i think who just got a okay. sitcom about running a bar with his dad i think that was what it was about so that would be okay. i mean i i wouldn't turn that down but let me see if i can find i mean i could say any title because neither of us are going to remember what this let me see pittsburgh sitcom a man with a plan was in pittsburgh no it wasn't my so-called <laughs> life was in pittsburgh impossible this is us. Oh yeah, this. Oh my God, they should. If they did a "This is us" hat, I don't even know what "This is us" logo was, but <laughs> that's the one they need to do. In the pirates font. Yeah, this is us in the pirates font. Fuck. I mean, it really is. It's just like it's just text. It says "Skinny this letters," is us, yeah. and the and the uh, the us is bolded. It's already black and gold. So it's all, like, I know. So and and you this could is just too write, easy. You could write pirates <laughs> like that and just have the es be. Or no, maybe maybe the PA being thick would make more, or I don't know, because the ES pirates <laughs> just just, just make, the, make make the ES bolded pi, pi, pirate pi, yeah pi, but pirate is pirate <laughs> yeah pirates <laughs> wow instead, I, I, instead of this is us it's pirates the other one I think Mr Belvedere might be a good. Might be a good one. Or what about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, for crying out loud? That oh, might be. yeah. That's the way to go. Holy shit, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're too honed in on Weird. sitcoms. And I know. In- instead, we went the uh, the drama route instead of the most iconic show to take place in <laughs> Pittsburgh route. But I did not. I didn't know a lot. My so-called life, I didn't know that was Pittsburgh. I didn't know that. Um, it says Stranger Things Season 2, some of it takes place in Pittsburgh. Like, what? Is season two when she goes to, like, find those other kids? Are they in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Although, I'll tell you what. If this, uh, is it New Era that made this, you said? Yeah, yeah. If New Era made, like, a white corduroy hat with a, like, red rope on it, and it said Pittsburgh Pirates in the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood font, yeah, that would be an immediate buy for me. See, I would not buy that. I okay. just like a regular. I just like a regular. Hat. I know. I know. You you just want like a regular I just like baseball a normal cap. fucking dad hat because I'm a you, normal fucking dad. Yeah, you're like you're like Larry in the bedroom. You just want normal fucking stuff. 
Yeah, I don't want an. I don't want to sign an NDA for my hat. I, I, I didn't mean for that to actually like work as well as it did. Yeah, normal damn. fucking stuff. Normal fucking stuff. <laughs> um, I can't even find the name of the show. Oh, Hope and Gloria. That's what it was. Hope and Gloria was was a big sitcom. I guess it, not big. It only had two seasons, but that was from the the mid nineties. And it took place in Pittsburgh. And I remember the intro from it. You know, they're just wearing random, like, un, un, there's no actual logos on the jerseys, but, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just sort of, like, ambiguously Pittsburgh. But I think this, this is us, or uh, but Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, definitely the way to go. But um, those hats, I forget who made those. I don't think it's New Era, because New Era has an actual, like, just straight-up Seinfeld collection with only oh, three hats okay. in it. Well, so here, let me, let me look up the line that I'm looking up because yeah. I don't think that was New Era. Um, no, it's Hat Trick. Hat Trick. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, and they have the Yankees hat and the uh, and the other ones. But so uh, New Era's uh, Seinfeld collection, I think, is super ugly. I would not wear any of these. They have a 5950 <laughs> fitted hat with, like, of course, the rigid straight-across brim that just has – not only does it have the giant Seinfeld logo on it, and it's kind of like textured and furry and stuff, and it's fitted, and where the um, strap would be on a regular strap back on the back, it says, a show about nothing. Oh, well, thanks. Like, so for the people who are <laughs> confused about the front of the hat, why does it say a show? Why wouldn't it say a hat about nothing? Or why wouldn't it say nothing? Like, don't put anything there. Don't put a show about nothing. It wasn't like the actual slogan of the show it wasn't the tagline that gives me the same vibe as like all of the new friends merch whenever friends became popular again yeah uh all of the new merch says friends the series <laughs> I'm like no one ever called it friends the series not to be confused with friends the movie yeah or friends your friends in, in real life <laughs> or your, your actual friends friends the people <laughs> friends the people oh, cool i love my friends oh this is about the series not my friends <laughs> i hate it <laughs> So the other one they have is a denim 920 adjustable hat that has a cup of soup on the front. And the cup of soup has written on it, no soup for you, which makes no sense. Why would the cup of soup have no soup for you written on it? <laughs> and plus, it's like an ugly light denim, and it just looks like garbage. It, it probably looks like the style of hat I would wear with like a curved bill and a low profile, but the, it's just ugly. And then the next one is also another like fifty nine fifty, I think. So the rigid yeah. bill fitted hat, and it has it's a New York license plate that says Ass Man on it, yeah, which these, is another um, thing that I probably wouldn't wear around town. <laughs> no, no, these suck. <laughs> these, why do they suck so bad? You could have done something cool. You could have done so much better with these. Yeah, it's like depressing uh. <laughs> how sucky this is. Yeah, but maybe the after these three, well, they, these maybe they'll sell. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But maybe if they do, they'll come out with some better ones. I, I don't know what you know. I can't off the top of my head think of what what better one I would do. But it's like someone. It's like the the Seinfeld fans Facebook group came up with them. It's like, oh, you need to put no soup for you on one. Oh yeah, and put it on a little <laughs> cup of soup. Oh yeah, and, and what about Ass Man? Put Ass Man on one. Everyone wants to have Ass Man on their head wasn't that what the episode well i guess the episode was kind of about how kramer did end up liking the ass man license plate because because everyone did you know shout it and stuff like that but that's a tv show you don't really want to go through life with people yelling hey ass man so it's a uh, nice try new era but there you go that's a little <laughs> bit of news that we had all right season nine episode nine we've got the shucker original air dates November 26, 2017, and if you are looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry is blackmailed by an employee and tormented by someone from his past, period, 
Jeff and Larry pitch a new creative venture, period. Tormented by someone from his past? Does that make sense? Oh, wait. It, okay, now I know what they're talking. I was like, okay, all right. I had, now to, I I had to think as well, but yeah. I, was, I was still thinking whenever you got it. I was like, does he mean Cheryl? But no, it, it <laughs> totally, all right, I totally got it. All right, it's not bad. It may not be bad. All right, we might not have to waste any time on that. We'll see oh, when we get to the end if we can make it better. Uh, we open at home, and Larry is having a dinner party, recounting the lifting of the fatwa and how he is now a free man, a man free of fear. And Cheryl is at the dinner party with Ted. And Jeff and Susie are there, and Leon is there, and Bridget's there. And it's funny that Leon wanted to be a part of this anyway. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Like, it's like a couple's dinner party. It's like, oh, I'm coming to that dinner Leon. party. <laughs> yeah, and Leon. <laughs> um, which I, I appreciated. You know, he just wants, he wants to be domestic every now and then. And who is there shucking oysters but Steven Weber, the star of Sour Grapes, one of the movies that we have done for Patreon. It might be on the, the sacred timeline now that I think about it but of course that was larry davis i don't think i don't think we've put sour grapes Ah. on the sacred timeline all right well if you want to hear us talk about larry david's foray into motion pictures post seinfeld pre curb your enthusiasm uh this guy is in it the guy playing the shucker here steven weber he doesn't actually have a name in the episode that i even heard i think they just call him the shucker every time and i think in the credits he's also just the shucker Uh, and yeah i don't remember them calling him a name this is some cool rich people shit that i never even considered that i would be so down with i love do you like oysters you're right there on the gulf man oh my god I, i do not like oysters i am not an oyster boy Oh, I, I love them. And so, like, having a shucker come in and just serve you oysters, that that's awesome. I'm putting that on my lottery list right now, having a shucking party. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, of course, I also re- remember Stephen Weber from Wings. That was the other big show that I watched that he was on. Uh, and Fatwa the Musical is on. Well, they do have to meet with Lin-Manuel Miranda because without him, as we know from the little tribunal that Larry was in front of, the show cannot go forward without uh, starring Lin-Manuel Miranda. So they're having a meeting. And everyone, I liked reliving this part of pop culture history when everybody was just fawning over Hamilton. Like, do you remember just how? Yes, yes. (laughs) And I like it. And it used to be, I didn't see it until it was on Disney Plus, by the way. I didn't listen. I didn't know anything about it until I was like, oh, I want to check it out. And I do like it, but for years, you couldn't say anything bad about it or you'd be, like, ostracized from society. I agree. Like, yeah, it was wild for so long. It was like, you've never seen Hamilton? Like, you were saying, I don't know, you didn't believe in Santa and you were six. (laughs) Yeah, and if you... If you hadn't seen it, it got that reaction. And if you said anything less than filleting Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> you would be, like I said, you would just be kicked out of society for a while. Um, and things like that are fun to make fun of. So I, I, you know, it's still close enough in pop culture history that I remembered. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, did you see it? I saw it. Yes, I saw it in New York. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. And like everyone just wants to love it the most, you know? <laughs> and so I appreciated uh, this show lampooning uh, that uh, you know that line of thinking. I and it's weird though. I remember the first time hearing about it. I remember the first time I heard about Hamilton was Ricky Lindholm from Garfunkel and Oates mentioned it on Doug Benson's podcast. He was asking people like, "Oh, what's uh, what's the last thing you saw?" And and um, she just mentioned like, "Oh, I, I didn't see a movie, but I saw this cool like hip hop musical about Hamilton. It's like really good." And I was like, "What? That sounds weird." And then all of a sudden, like, so she was the first, if anybody has the right to actually fawn over it and love it the best, it's, it's the first person I heard about it from (laughs) a million years ago, because yeah, she was just talking about it like it was no big thing. And then all of a sudden it was everywhere. I was like, oh, wow. She was, she was on the bleeding edge of whatever was going on there. It did, by the way, 
premiere on Broadway in 2015. So we're, we're two years removed from the Broadway debut. This was, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but this was actually during the actual first L.A. run of uh, Hamilton. Like an actual, not just a North American touring company or something. And Larry has not seen it. And this was always funny to me too. Like, what's the worst thing you could do in 2017? And that's tell people you fell asleep during Hamilton. Yeah. And he... Oh, God. <laughs> it it would have been funnier if he would just been like, yeah, I didn't like it. I fell asleep. I'm Larry David. Who gives a fuck? But he did play <laughs> two rounds of golf. He played 36 holes of golf that day. And so he fell asleep before intermission, slept through <laughs> intermission, and through most of the second act, he says, which is hilarious. It means like people were stepping over him and he wasn't moving at all like to get through intermission. And Larry notices that the shucker is overhearing the conversation. Then he's worried that this guy shucks all over town. What if he, you know, he might shuck and tell? as Jeff said. <laughs> and I would like to know how many times they said shucker in this episode. Shuck or shucker. I mean, it was a billion, right? You oh know? my God, yeah. <laughs> did you appreciate that or did it grade on you after a while? I, I, it didn't grade on me. Um, no, I never I, got tired I appreciate, of it. I appreciate the pun. Yeah, it was funny enough that every time they said it in a new way, it, it kept me going, kept me occupied with the joke. I was like, okay, all right, you found a new way to use it. And they do that throughout. So, yeah, he, he, this guy shucks all over town. What if he's going to shuck and tell? Uh, and so the doorbell rings. Larry goes to answer it, and it's Rose Shapiro. She's the old woman who sold Larry the house five years ago. She was in the neighborhood and just wants to poke around, just wants to look around and see what he's done with it. And she hates everything that he has done to the house. He put a carpet. He put a rug over the nice Italian marble in the foyer. He took down the pirate wallpaper from the hallway bathroom. And he has been um, neglecting the ficus that she left in the house as a gift. And she even wants to go upstairs and see what he did upstairs. He's like, no, you're not. Just get out. He finally <laughs> she, like. Yeah, she steps onto the stairs. And yeah. I want to check out the master bedroom. Oh Why? <laughs> to see what horrible changes he's made to it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he kicks her out. Larry goes back to the dinner table and Bridget is there telling stories of her exes like the one with the man bush, the one with the tilting penis. And Larry is, you know, not happy with the conversation topic at hand. But before he can really get into that, Miss Shapiro wanders back in and starts complaining about what Larry did to the dining room. Uh, and he, so he has to kick her out again. It's at that point that the shucker is all done and he's uh, going to leave. And so he walks the shucker to the door and the shucker was offended that Larry fell asleep during Hamilton. And even though he has, you know, no stock in the show or anything like that, he still will tell people. And that's the funny thing about, you know, what we were talking about, the phenomenon that was Hamilton, like, Oh, well, did you hear who fell asleep during it? Larry David. Yeah, like that would be big. That'd be front page news at this time. But he will keep it to himself. He will exercise shucker discretion uh, as he shucks from house to house in exchange for two tickets to Hamilton. I really can't believe that this guy would risk his business over this. Like, I don't know how many private shuckings he goes to around Los Angeles. There's probably, there's obviously enough to keep him well employed. But the second you find out that, like Larry makes the, um, you know, comparison later on to housekeepers, like the second you go around and, and start talking about what you heard at other dinner parties around LA, that would put you on a blacklist immediately, I would think. Yeah. You know? If I'm a celebrity that's hiring a personal shucker, I wouldn't hire the one that I know is going to spill my celebrity secrets. Yeah. Like people want to relax around the help. Like that's just the way it is. And so the wow, social Tim, contract- how elitist of you. I know. But the social contract that you sign, and in some cases, real contract that you sign 
says that, you know, in, in order to, to remain in their good graces, you're going to keep what you hear. Like limo drivers, you know, housekeepers, uh, you know, any sort of attendant like this is going to be nannies. You know, it's like I, I'm surprised that this guy didn't sign an NDA when he walked through the door. I mean, but I guess Larry is like, oh, what am I? What do we talk about that this guy might tell people? But now that he, now that Larry has stock in making Lin Man, making sure Lin Manuel Miranda stays happy, he's going to be blackmailed by the shucker over this, and he's going to risk his business. Even though if I was Larry, I'd go around telling everybody, don't hire this shucker. I don't know how I'd get the word out because it's a very specialized. But Larry David could hire a skywriter. You know, <laughs> don't hire the shucker. Here is his <laughs> phone number. And so halfway through dessert, Larry walks, you know, walks back in and everyone's everyone's sort of eating dessert. And he sits back down. And he goes, all right, that, that's it. And he just kind of calls off the uh, calls off the dinner party. Well, I didn't. Was he calling off the dinner party or was he calling off Bridget telling stories of her ex-boyfriends? Because I took it more as that. I took it more as he declares the dinner party over because, like, Jeff and Susie get up and they start to leave after that. Okay, I thought he see, was like, he was like I, yeah, it's, I a, thought, it's enough. I thought it was that he was sick of Bridget telling stories and they were leaving because excuse they're, me, they're, because there's no more stories. Yeah, because she couldn't finish her story. Yeah, I took it as like he's just kicking everybody out because well, we we've had dinner, we talked, it's over. You know, even though they're maybe they're even like a quarter of the way through dessert. They weren't very far uh, into their whatever it was, cheesecake or whatever. He kicks everybody out. Uh, but Jeff finds a cowboy hat on in the living room. And Larry's like, oh, it must belong to the shucker. You know what? Keep it. And Jeff and Susie both agree that he looks pretty good in it. Susie <laughs> is particularly into it. Over at Unified Creative Agency, which is a fake building. It is not a real creative agency that I could even find. My guess is it was kind of a play on the creative artists. Agency, it kind of sounds the same. You know, the CAA, it's a big deal out there. And Jeff is being treated so much better at home because of the hat. Susie is so into it. He's having more. Is this the bar where he says he's having more sex than he did in college? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, things are just going great at home because of the hat. And Larry is surprised to learn that Susie has a cowboy perversion, as he calls it. And he's like, why don't women have a bald perversion? And uh, <laughs> Jeff, you know, is like, oh, I bet, they, I bet they do all hang out someplace. And Larry's like, I would have found it by now. As they get up to go to the office for the meeting, Jeff kind of walks by the receptionist and gives like a little tip of the hat. And she even gets a little smirk from her out of it. Meanwhile, Larry just goes... How you doing? And she just like scowls at him. Yeah, face immediately <laughs> changes for Larry, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, that was great. So up in Lynn Manuel Miranda's agent's office, he is his name is Aaron Warden. He introduces himself and he's watching Judge Judy. She is a client of his, and Larry likes watching her too. They have that in common. Lynn Manuel Miranda comes in, and Larry immediately asks for tickets for his shucker. Like, he doesn't wait for any pleasantries whatsoever. He's like, can I have two tickets to the show for my shucker? Lin-Manuel is like, well, I mean, you know, if they could be for you. Uh, no, actually, it's at this point he says that, oh, uh, yeah, sure. You have a guy, you have an oyster shucker that you want tickets for. I'll see what I can do. So Larry and Jeff sit down. They they give him le the office. The agent leaves. And Larry and Jeff sit down in, like, kind of this little conversation sitting area with these big, nice, comfy chairs and stuff. But Lin-Manuel takes the desk and so he's got this power position that larry can't help but cave to all his suggestions you know like <laughs> oh why don't we do it uh you know you don't want to go right to broadway we'll do it in la first and then we'll take it to broadway and you know oh uh, and so who am i playing oh it's uh salmon and larry of course who has met and hung out with salman rushdie knows that it's salman but lin-manuel pushes back right yeah salmon and so larry's yeah, like that, oh, that was that was the biggest like big dick move it was like yeah right <laughs> salmon 
Like, no, I heard you. It's salmon. <laughs> and instead of Mandy Patinkin, which they were, you know, all in, like, oh, nobody but Mandy Patinkin could play this role. But Lin-Manuel suggests, you know what? F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> and you Larry know what? Is... <laughs> F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> I did like, I you know, I, I like when celebrities play themselves on Curb because they play these like, you know, special like assholes of themselves. And Lin Manuel is is no exception to that. And and he says something really dumb here that I bet Lin Manuel would never say. Like the F is for fucking awesome. <laughs> That's the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That was really good. <laughs> so for someone in, like as smart as Lin Manuel Miranda, they're like. The F stands for fucking awesome. That's what it's for. Like, what? <laughs> fucking awesome Murray Abraham. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, and I appreciated that about uh, Salman Rushdie as well, how, like, superficial they made him. Um, but I definitely cracked up at the F is for fucking awesome. So stupid. Uh, so Lin-Manuel has to, like, take a call or something. And so there's a little sidebar with Jeff and Larry here where they talk about how Lin-Manuel is in the boss chair and he does... Uh, you know, and he does want to write the songs, uh, as it turns out afterwards, you know, they're like, I, I, I'm just agreeing to everything that he says because of, of the position that he's in. And, and what if he says to write the songs, which he does when they, you know, reconvene their meeting and he starts like getting up and freestyling. He's like, you know, in his, in his very Lin-Manuel Miranda way. And Larry tries while he's doing that to like sneak behind him and sit, sit at the desk, <laughs> but he tells him like, no, he had a perfect seat right there. Um, I did like that back and forth. He was like, yeah, we can have a nice little intimate conversation here. And he's like, you know what? Back here, I get like the big picture. So I kind of think this is better. Um, <laughs> that like back and forth power play was really fun. Um, and they agree that, you know what? This meeting went so well. Let's have a second meeting and really just start working on this thing. Uh, even though Larry and Jeff contend the musical's done. We're, you know, we're just moving forward. We only need you to star, but he wants to do a lot more work on it. Um, I, I also noticed as I'm talking about this i'm reminded of the john mulaney bit about lin manuel miranda and like what to call him i remember him like i think he just told this maybe it was from his stand-up but um i remember him telling it on snl like wanting to introduce somebody to him and he was like what do i call him to call him lin do i call him lin manuel and so when he goes up to him he just he's like hey uh lin manuel you know he just kind of like throws it in there at the end like what do i call him because it is hyphenated what do i call him uh hey lin manuel uh so back at home Bridget is working. She's watching an episode of Chicago Homicide, <laughs> which Larry is completely making fun here of the Chicago series of shows that started in 2014. I was surprised. So Chicago's like 10 years old at this point. Yeah, that Chicago verse is 10 years old. I had no idea. And Chicago, Chicago PD, which I guess so Chicago Homicide, I guess, is a spinoff of Chicago PD. Chicago PD premiered in 2014, and it was the second of the Chicago shows. Wait, uh, what was the first? I think the first one was Chicago Fire. Dang it. I didn't. I think it went med. I think it went Chicago I, Med, then then Chicago mm, Justice, which only lasted one what? season. Yeah, I, th- I thought Chicago Fire was the first one. Maybe it was. Let's see. Chicago Fire was 2012. You're right. Chicago Fire was number one. So and the then Chicago I think, versus 12 years old. Wow. Yeah, God. it's even older. Yeah, Chicago Fire and then Chicago PD, then Chicago Med. I don't remember when Chicago Medical premiered or Chicago Justice, which Justice, which was about like, which is a courtroom procedural. And I didn't realize it only lasted one season, but um, I just got an email from Peacock that now they put them all on one night and they call it Chicago One. Ugh, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just funny was, that he's making fun of Was that their goal all along was to get enough series in the same universe to just make a two-hour movie every week? I don't know, but they did it. <laughs> 
And it's really like a three-hour movie because it's probably on from 8 till 11. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, so if you watch all of Chicago 1, it's like, damn, you're in it. But yeah, they make fun of how people will watch anything with Chicago in the title these days. So they were obviously killing it back then. And Chicago Homicide stars Jerry O'Connell, who is a star of another Patreon feature we've done, Joe's Apartment. Yes. Yeah. I did not recognize the female detective. Did you? Did you recognize Jerry O'Connell, I guess, for that matter? Uh, oh, I recognize Jerry O'Connell okay, for okay. sure. I yeah. did not recognize his partner in the show. Okay, I'll mention it. Well, I'll just mention it here. Why the hell not? We're talking about it. I, I didn't realize until the credits, though, the other Chicago detective is Ali Larder, who I remember from Heroes, but a lot of people probably remember from Varsity Blues. Oh, okay. That was her, like a big breakout role for her. I believe she is the one with whipped cream on her breasts and genitals. And which is the most, which is the sexiest way that scene's ever been described. <laughs> uh, she was in Final Destination. She was like a huge like '90s movie queen. I don't know what you'd call, you know, but she was in that whole like Vanderbeek, Joshua Jackson, um, Rachel Lee Cook was that her name? Uh, you know, like she was just a just a sexy movie star from that era. Uh, another big role that she got um, besides Heroes later in life was Obsessed with Idris Elba. And I think Beyonce is in that. And it just helped but cheats on Beyonce with Ali Larder. And um, yeah. And, and I also, so in addition to remembering her from Heroes later in her career, because she was in all those big teen movies back in the day, I remember her being a constant fixture in like Maxim, FHM. Mm, okay. Stuff. Do you remember Stuff magazine? I, I was never, <laughs> I was never a, a, a connoisseur of Stuff magazine. No. My yeah. brother had a couple issues of FHM for sure. Yeah, yeah, FHM for him magazine. But no, by uh, the time yeah. by the time I got into the latter years of high school, the internet was a thing. And oh. so internet porn was a thing. <laughs> you didn't have to look at Softcore from Barnes I, and Noble. Yeah, I did I didn't have to look at print with non-nude <laughs> photos. But they were non-nude celebrities at least. They were almost nude. And they were famous. So that, that was still a draw <laughs> for yeah, but I, I remember uh, stuff was a I think stuff was like you know it was made by I want to say maybe even Maxim but it was like are you too dumb for Maxim try stuff <laughs> like, I just even even back then remember do do the <laughs> highbrow articles of Maxim turn you off try stuff, try stuff. it's just <laughs> it's just pictured of covered boobies and butts yeah and maybe some advertisements just kidding it's mostly advertisements <laughs> yeah stuff. <laughs> if you're too dumb for Maxim, try stuff. Uh, yeah, so that so the other one was Ali Larder uh, and Jerry O'Connell. They're the stars. That sounds like a good show, honestly. I don't I know. Gonna, yeah, I was gonna say they go a little bit further. Are you too dumb for stuff? Then you're fucked. Just read <laughs> jizz. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> um, Larry starts bringing up like you know the talk about the exes at dinner and how he didn't you know didn't really want to hear that, but also he couldn't help but think, well, she could be doing this. Is there anything about me that you'd be telling other people? And she says, no, it's uh, it's regular. It's regular, which Larry doesn't take as a compliment, but at least she's not talking about his weird penis. He doesn't um, buy it either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's it, it doesn't make him feel better. It wasn't the answer he was hoping for. Bridget, meanwhile, takes a call because in the show she heard an unapproved penis. And during her phone call, Larry hears something out in the hallway and he goes out and finds that Rose Shapiro is watering the ficus. How did she get in? She has her own key. He never changed the locks, which I, I got to admit is one of the first things that we did when we bought our house. 
change the old locks. Change the locks. Yeah. Yeah. Because we like, I don't know, from what we've heard about the person we bought this from, she sounds like she could be a real Rose Shapiro. Like, she still has family around here. Like, she moved away, but she still has family around here. I was like, I don't know. Everything everyone's told me about this lady makes me think that we want to change all of the locks. Like, I didn't change just the front door, the side, the uh, sunroom door, the garage door door not you know the garage door that you open to go out to the garage i'm like yeah yeah we're yeah. changing all these i don't i'm changing <laughs> the bathroom locks i don't know what this lady is uh <laughs> capable of it she just sounds like a like kind of a weirdo um and but rose has her own key so she just let herself in and larry kicks her back out again i liked his uh he's like this is not like a dorm you can't come back in and walk around and just see what's up with everybody we don't have alumni weekends alumni <laughs> weekends killed me was a good line yeah it was a really good line <laughs> uh so Jeff and we cut to Jeff and Susie who are getting it on and Susie's uh, pillow talk is fuck me text. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because he has to do it as he told Larry, do it in the hat. He's got to wear the hat. <laughs> and he looks so over it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's not exciting for him. Uh, so back over at UCA, Jeff is though leaning into it. He's got cowboy hat, bolo tie. He's got cowboy boots now. I think, I don't know what, uh, Ted, maybe being a, a Texan now, you can tell me, like, Jeff's bolo looked too short. Is it the same length of bolo if you're a big guy with a big belly or a, same, a little yep. guy where that, yeah. Same same length. Yeah, wow. bolos don't get any bigger. I don't like that. It's, it's Jeff's weird. Bolo it's tiny. weird. If you got, if you got a, a big old gut and you're wearing yeah. a tiny bolo, I mean, it, it, it it's, it's a bolo. You know, people aren't looking at your gut a lot of the time. Yeah. Be, because a lot of Texans have guts. And so you think that the the bolo is to detract from the gut, or do you think people are going, "Wow, that bolo looks tiny"? Because I don't think it anyone, only goes down to your nipples. I don't think anyone's going that bolo's tiny. They're saying that bolo's uh, the right size, that and bo- the strings only go down to your nipples. Like if I put a bolo on, I feel like it would go down like kind of the bottom of my pecs, maybe, maybe even lower, maybe lower than that, because I don't have. You're you talking know, about you're talking about an additional like inch, maybe inch and a half, which I think is very negligible. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It just looked tiny on him, but um, but I'm not a bolo connoisseur at all. <laughs> um, so, but I, obviously he's leaning into the cowboy look because women love it. The only downside is I have to keep fucking my wife. <laughs> 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 and like you said, he is over it. But I thought that was just such a hilarious like. The only down, I'm having so much sex. The only downside is some of it's with my wife. <laughs> But Jeff and Larry, meanwhile, have a conversation to, they have a plan to wrest creative control from Lin-Manuel Miranda by getting the power seat. And uh, Larry notices that they were overheard by the receptionist, and he asks her for some receptionist discretion. But we know that she doesn't like bald guys already. So they also run into Ted, who is managed by somebody in the building. And I like Larry's lines here where he's like, why don't you just retire? Every time I turn on the TV, I have to see you. I'm like, isn't it enough already? Why do you have to keep acting? <laughs> um, and then I had to look it up. The Good Place premiered in 2016. So Ted Danson. Okay. Yeah. Larry won't stop digging on NBC in this episode. He's taking on the Chicago verse. He's taking on the Good Place. Uh, yeah. And uh, Larry, you know, that we find out that Ted's not going to be around this weekend because Cheryl and him are going to Tahoe. And Larry goes, oh, Cheryl and I went there once. And he goes, yeah, she told me. <laughs> And then just kind of walks <laughs> off. <laughs> and I, Jeff's line here, did something funny happen in Tahoe? No. <laughs> I, liked, I liked immediately he has to ask. And Larry is being pretty cagey about whatever happened in Tahoe, but it's going to stay there for now. 
And Lin-Manuel Miranda walks in. He could not get tickets for Larry Shucker. He can only get them for Larry. You know, he's not going to get them for some guy he doesn't even know, but, you know, a new potential business partner and friend. That That's no problem. I'll get them for you. But And so Larry's like, oh, I'll, I'll take them. Lin-Manuel, like, really triple checks that they are for – you're going to be there. You are going to be there. You're using these tickets. And Larry's like, yeah, yeah, they're for me. And then we get a little stare down, Lin, you know, Lin-Manuel's direction toward Larry. Normally it's Larry staring down everybody else, but they sort of give each other – the stare down and, and Lin-Manuel goes, okay, okay. And then they <laughs> race to the office and literally wrestle for the desk seat, which Lin-Manuel wins, uh, you know, easily because he's 37 and Larry is 70. It's at this point that I went down the depressing rabbit hole of finding out that Lin-Manuel is only one year, well, I guess two years older than me because he has a January birthday, so he's already 44 and I'm still only 42. <laughs> but I'm like... Every day, I, I just learn more and more that my time is over. <laughs> the time that I had to make something of myself is done. Like Because you get to the point where, you know, you hear those great things like, well, you know, like th- this guy didn't do this until he was this age. And I am past all you're, of those ages. You're past all of those ages. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. He started composing Hamilton when he was 28. And I'm like, it, it just... Like superhumans like this just depress me to no end, but especially to find out that he was only 37 here and, you know, he's only a couple years older than I am and he has, you know, several, uh, you know, Broadway hits under his belt already. And uh, yeah, I think the last guy that I have, the last, you know, my last best hope is Christoph Waltz. I think everyone points to like, well, yeah, Christoph Waltz was like in his 50s when he was in Django Unchained and like won an Oscar. And, and, you know, before that, he was just kind of like a fledgling actor in a lot of like German productions. And then he was sort of plucked out of obscurity by Quentin Tarantino. So that's, that's the last guy that I had to look at where I'm like, all right, but once I pass the age Christoph Waltz was in Django Unchained, I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's when I'll know (laughs) (laughs) never going to happen. There's, there's always something to hold on to. Uh, And, you know, Lin-Manuel sits down at the desk immediately and, just, you know, starts coming up with ideas to revamp act two. You know what? I really think we can get in there and just because it kind of drags and you don't want that to happen. So I, I got a great idea for how we can revamp that. And uh, he's in the boss seat. So I guess it's going to happen. Back at home, Larry won't even tell Leon what happened in Tahoe. And Larry has confessed a lot of embarrassing stuff to Leon. So this is big. Uh, and Larry's like, you know, what? there's there's no discretion anymore. The shucker um, and the receptionist and. Uh, Bridget telling all those stories. I, I didn't like that. Leon's line here cracked me up. Those are some good-ass dick stories. <laughs> 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 those are some good-ass dick stories. I just like that. Uh, and Leon suggests an NDA. Why don't you get her to sign a non-disclosure agreement? Uh, you know, if you don't want her talking about what you guys do in the bedroom. Meanwhile, Jeff comes in and he is done with the hat. His dick is sprained. He's having so much sex. And so he doesn't want the hat anymore. And he needs, uh, as Leon suggests, a dick chiropractor. <laughs> and because, and he's like, they have those? And Leon's like, oh my gosh, I've bent my dick out of shape so many times, which I believe. See, those are the dick stories I want to hear. I want to hear Leon's dick stories about <laughs> injuring his dick. <laughs> Jeff gives Larry some pills that he got for his dick pain because Larry has horrible shoulder pain from where Lynn manuel threw him down going to the desk. But the good news is that Jeff come over to tell him that Lynn manuel is in. He's in. I guess Marty Funkhauser is invested in the show. Richard Lewis is invested in the show. Jeff says he's invested in the show. I guess what he means is like financially all these guys are are backing it. I'm guessing um, so. Yeah. 
And Larry notices that the ficus is gone. And I had to rewind and check. And the ficus is gone, even though there's a cut. It's the weirdest thing because when they go to sit down with Jeff, there's a, there's like a cut and an exterior shot. And then they come back in. So it wasn't one shot. But when Larry and Leon are talking in the foyer, the ficus is not there. So I don't know when it happened. Sometime when, when nobody was at home. But uh, the, the plant's gone. And so Leon and Larry are on their way to Rose's house. They go to Rose's house. And Larry suggests that Leon lose the do-rag. He's got like this red do-rag on. And Larry is Larry is like, it's it's funny. It's it's almost like that, like, I'm not racist, but this lady is. Okay. So she's not probably gonna like, you know, a giant black guy with a do-rag at her door. It's gonna give her a heart attack, he says. <laughs> so he's like being racist for her. He's like assuming the racism of of somebody else, which somehow makes it okay. You know, Larry's like, I'm not. Yeah, make, makes it totally fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no, God. You should, yeah, take off that that thing that you're comfortable in because this other person, I bet they don't like it. I bet know? I bet they won't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Leon says it's the same as a scarf or an ascot or a pocket square, and Larry does not think it belongs in that category. <laughs> uh, but Larry and Leon barge in when she opens the door, and the plant is right there. And this, this to me was just, just hilarious, them arguing over what the plant is because Leon threatens to take the dog. And Larry's like, we're not taking the dog. What are you talking about? And they argue over, like, who's going to walk it? He's like, I'll walk it. He's like, that's, that's what eight-year-olds say when they say they want a dog. You're not getting – they start arguing over the plan. And Rose is like, see, you guys even know what you're doing. And so then they're like, all right, whose hat is that? And that's her husband My- – it's on a bust of her late husband Myron, his hat and glasses. And so they argue that they're going to take the hat now. And Leon's like, no, we're going to take the whole head. And Larry's like, I don't want that in my house. And so they start arguing again. I noticed this here where Larry says that – He's more of a man than Myron was. I'm an Uber four. And she's like, well, Myron was an Uber five. And so Larry and Leon walk out, but not before Larry vows some revenge. In order to get his plant back, he says, see you in court. So back in the car, Lin-Manuel Miranda calls, and he just cannot wait to get involved with Fatwa. He knows that he heard the news already, but he wanted to call and tell him personally. He can't wait. He's like, we just got to get in there and write it toe to tip. You know, we just got to buckle down and we're just going to write, rewrite this whole thing toe to tip. And uh, Larry's like, you know, I, it's pretty much done. I don't think we want to get into the weeds here. And they have a conversation back and forth about the benefits of getting in the weeds, whether you get, you know, a tick and Lyme disease or whether the weeds are where the magic happens is what Lin-Manuel seems to think. And he does tell Larry that his wife will be at Hamilton. And so she will be able to, you know, she'll be sitting right next to Larry. So she'll be able to report whether it's actually him there or not, which we know is a problem for Larry. Over at Cheryl's, Larry stops by, and there's a party going on, and Larry's insulted that he's not invited. Uh, but he was there to ask about Tahoe. As much as they said shucker in this episode, this one, you know, this use of the same sort of device did not work on me. When like, were you talking Tahoe to Ted? I didn't talk Tahoe to Ted. Maybe you talk Tahoe to Ted. You know what I mean? Yeah. You caught was... all this, this little yeah. sequence? <laughs> yeah. Well, stop talking Tahoe to Ted. I didn't talk Tahoe to Ted. All right, we get it. They all this start was with Seinfeldian D. in the bad way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was Seinfeld in the bad place. Oh, um, God damn it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it, we didn't like it when it was on Seinfeld. It very rarely worked on Seinfeld, on us. Anyway, some people must like it because Larry goes back to the well a lot, even on his own show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And uh, the shucker happens to be at Cheryl's party. And so Larry goes to talk to him. He's like, hey, I got your hat in the car. Uh, why don't we, you know, take a break and, and go get it? So he takes him out to go get the hat. Susie really takes notice of the shucker when he walks by and says, ma'am, at her. And uh, 
the shucker, it turns out, he will return the Hamilton tickets for $2,500. Yeah. Wow. And, and what does Larry, Larry says, like, I don't have that kind of money, but the shucker pulls out a square and says, it's okay. We take credit cards. That was pretty funny. That I was like good. That. that was really good. I mean, look, you know, the dude's hustling. He's in, oh, yeah. uh, uh, an independent contractor, owns his own business, owns his own shucking cart. He's got yeah. to take cards. And then I was like, how easy it must be for this guy to just go, oh, that was a legitimate business expense, you know? He'll probably pay taxes on it, but it maybe he won't. I don't know. Maybe he's like, well, no, they tipped me, you know, full. they gave me full tips at the end of the night. You know, they gave me, we agreed on that or something. I don't know. But I'm like, it, it just, taking a credit card makes it that much more legitimate uh, and and better somehow. Um, yeah, and, and I like Larry's line here. He's like, you're a pretty big prick, aren't you? And he says, it's the shucker's way to be a prick. And I wonder how actual oyster shuckers feel about that. Back at home, Larry is getting into bed with Bridget and he is watching Chicago teachers, which that was a funny, that was a funny <laughs> payoff of that joke. Like, yeah, like all these actual civic, the civil like servants, the protectors, like fire and homicide and PD or whatever. And like Chicago teachers. But as funny as that was like as much of a punchline as that was, I watched Boston public which was a show about inner city Boston school teachers. Um, so, and that was during a time when people would watch any show about Boston, like Boston legal was yeah. big then. So. Chicago teachers could work. Oh yeah. Uh, Chicago teachers. I'd probably be, I mean, Boston public was, I, I, I wish it was streaming somewhere. It was like curb was, we'd always try to be there at the TV for, for the Sopranos and curb. We, uh, my college buddies and I would try to watch Boston Public together every week. We had to be there in front of the TV because we lived on campus. Nobody had a DVR or anything. And so we were like, oh, we're going to watch Boston Public. It's on. And we would sit there and, and you know, watch it with commercials and everything. Uh, it was a great show. And uh, Bridget offers him, when they turn off the TV, what do you want to do? You can do anything. I like that she does specify eventually. I mean, sexually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Larry is pretty shy <laughs> his lines about i think i'd just like to get an erection and put it in the vagina <laughs> i'm a, i'm pretty regular <laughs> jesus yeah, christ that was i think i just like and uh you know like me on top thrusting <laughs> <laughs> it was such a funny way to describe missionary like I think because uh, i don't even think he said your vagina i think he said the vagina i think i'd like to do that He's like, yeah, I'm, uh, so he's pretty shy about disclosing what he'd like to do. He's a simple man, but he was like, I do have something that might change that. And he like kind of goes over to his nightstand. So Bridget's like, ooh, like, you know, it's maybe a toy or something like that. Uh, but no, it's a file. <laughs> it's like a regular old manila file. And he pulls out a relationship NDA. Bridget is pissed about it. And Larry says one of my favorite terms to use when I'm joking, when I'm joking around about contracts or letters or any sort of like like corporate correspondence i always say this he's like it's a more or less boilerplate i say i think boilerplate that's just one of my favorite words i don't know why i know it's used in a um wes anderson movie it's a hilarious punchline in that because it's like uh uh steve zisu have you ever seen that the life aquatic i have not no so uh, like this doesn't spoil anything but uh steve sends a um Owen Wilson's like, oh, I wrote you a letter when I was a kid. I, you know, I think I'm your son or whatever. And, and he's like, I have the letter you wrote back. And it says like, D you know, dear, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm glad you're such a fan. I remember your mother. She was very nice. And Steve's like, 
Um, looks like standard boilerplate, like the letter he sent oh to everybody, said, I remember. <laughs> which like obviously wasn't because, but I, I just, I don't know why I love saying like, especially when something is so obviously not boilerplate, that's my favorite time to use it. And that's how Larry uses it here. That's how Bill Murray uses it in that movie. I, I just love saying, yeah, it looks like a standard boilerplate. Um, I don't know. I, it's just a funny word to me. Uh, but it's, um, and so Bridget says it never, it's not standard boilerplate. It's never existed before, which I find very hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, are we, are we to believe that the woman working in standards and practices has never had someone sign or signed herself an NDA? I think she means just relationship NDAs, but even I think that I mean, nobody in it, Hollywood is in a relationship without an NDA or we'd be hearing I'm, some shit. I'm almost positive that you're right, because like, yeah. are we are we to believe that everyone just plays nicely and exactly. nobody spills each other's shit? Yeah, like, can you imagine what we'd hear if people didn't sign relationship NDAs? Exactly. My God. Yeah, it's it's why we've never heard anything about Michael Jackson or Tom Cruise or any of the other like weirdos out there that. You know, it's, it's, I'm 100% sure. And the fact that she works with celebrities all the time that like, if she told any of them, yeah, can you believe that, you know, he wanted me to send, and Larry even says like, consider like a prenup. It's like a relationship prenup. You know, I, I just, everyone out there, everyone in in showbiz and everything, like if you're rich, you cover your ass and like, you know, wanting to get into freaky shit um, is part of that and not, and not having the general public find out what, what you do. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's I, I find it hard to believe that she is that naive to think that relationship NDAs just don't exist in Hollywood, especially. She storms out and she's like, oh, I knew this wasn't going to work because Eddie didn't like you. And Larry's like, oh, that you mean the kid you uh, pretend is on the spectrum? And she's like, it's not pretend. He has Asperger's. What's your excuse? God damn. <laughs> Which was Fucking a good, cooked him. Good closer. <laughs> yeah, she she got she got him good. Um and so we now cut to the actual intro for Judge Judy, like an episode of Judge Judy is starting, and Larry is suing Rose uh, for, you know, stealing his ficus. And she is countersuing him for plant abuse. This was so good. Like, yeah, this was I, cool. loved, I loved that it clearly took place on the set. Yeah. They filmed it as though it was an episode of Judge Judy. Like, they're poorly mic'd. They're only wearing, like, lavalier <laughs> mics. They're not, like... You know, the the boom mics as though they're on curb. It looks like it's shot with the Judge Judy cameras. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Judge Judy is brilliant in this because she's acting super, li- like, like she su- would. Super oblivious. Like she would in any court case where a person like Larry David comes in. <laughs> yeah, she's treating them like real people. I'm like, she's not acting like Judge Judy, acting like she's in this episode. Like this was an episode of Judge Judy straight up. And we got the real, like, she was just so good at improving, And then you realize, like, oh, well, that's just her, her I, job. I that's almost, her job. I almost wonder if this scene was scripted out. Because not taking away the idea that Judge Judy is improving this. And, yeah. and though, like, everything on her show is 100% real, which it's not. Right. I think she's also just... An older woman, you know, yeah. she's got to have a script. And I mean, you can see her look down at notes a couple of times. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking that she's looking down at a script. I never really watched Judge Judy, so I don't know how often she consulted with case documents or anything like that. But I think her job was to 
play off of people. I think that's why she's famous. She used to, you know, that's why they used to like, uh, you know, do those SNL skits. Like, you know, don't pee on my shoe and tell me it's raining or whatever. You know, that kind of like she <laughs> would come up with those homespun uh, sayings and be able to play off each other. I think her job is very similar to Larry's. I think he was able to say, let's make this like a real case. I'll talk. She'll talk. You'll talk. And, you know, you'll just do what you do. You react like you would react to anybody in this courtroom. And I think that when she sits there in that power position, like the desk is, I think that she just falls into that character and is like, what? I don't like you. Why are you talking like that? You know, like she, she's able to give it back to people like that because that's what she does. How, who knows how many of those episodes they film in a day? You know, those syndicated shows, they're like, all right, five episodes of Judge Judy in one day. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I, get, I think her job is improv, just like Larry's is in this case. So I, I'd venture to say maybe it was less than, than one might think, but, but who knows? Uh, because it was a really great scene, and I, I feel like we got the real Judge Judy. Everybody is watching the episode, by the way. Like, it's airing live, you know? Like, they probably fi- they film these during one month in the summer or whatever. You know, they film all the Judge Judys. They film 150 Judge Judys for the year. You know what I mean? And, oh, but yeah. everyone seems to be watching this live. Like, Larry got on right away. Like, I know Lin-Manuel's <laughs> agent is her agent, and he could pull some strings, but still. There are syndication schedules, you know, it's like that only goes so far. He can get them on the show, but he can't tell, you know, CBS and Akron when to run this episode or or whatever channel it's on in L.A. for that matter. But everybody is watching it as if it's airing live. The first live episode of Judge Judy and uh, Cheryl's watching. Susie's watching. Bridget's watching with a friend who she's like, wait, that's that guy you told me all those stories about. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> That's Larry Longballs. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. And Leon gets up to give testimony, which is absolutely no help, and Judge Judy hates it. Uh, Larry offers uh, Judge Judy a cough drop as he assumes judges likes, even like, even though it didn't work the first time he offered it to a judge. Well, it did, but he, he took the candy, but then he wasn't going to eat it because he didn't want your hot pocket candy or whatever he said. <laughs> uh, and... Lin-Manuel Miranda is watching with his wife, who is America Ferreira, but Lin-Manuel Miranda, yeah, in the show. If He is not married to America Ferreira in real life, lest you think uh, that's the case. Larry uh, does not, and I like how dumb Lin-Manuel is too, because America, um, America, Lin-Manuel's <laughs> wife is like, that's the guy you're working with? And he's like, yeah, he's like excited about it. <laughs> Again, like excited and dumb. And Larry does not uh, endear himself to Judge Judy, and she dismisses the case. And we find out that Susie is having sex with the shucker because she loves them cowboys. Over at the Pantages Theater, which has been featured before, it's at 6233 Hollywood Boulevard, right there at Hollywood and Vine. Uh, MJ, uh, he's already been mentioned. MJ the Musical is playing there until January 28th, if you're listening to this uh, as we're recording it, kind of. It's, the, it's a live episode. Um, and that is also where Jason Alexander played the role that Larry David would play, Max Bialystok, in The Producers. It's also where Hamilton was playing from August 11th to December 30th in 2017 during its first big L.A. extended run. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so uh, Larry went to, is going to a show there, and he sits next to Vanessa, which is Lin-Manuel Miranda's wife's real name. But again, America Ferreira is not the real wife Uh, and um larry makes sure that vanessa and her friend will be able to vouch for the fact that it is larry david and not a shucker it's me it's larry david here i am i i don't shuck oysters i i like oysters i would not shuck them though he really makes sure to lay into the fact that that it is him there um and larry before the show starts realizes his shoulder is so in pain but 
he put those pills that Jeff gave him in his pocket. So he takes maybe all three. <laughs> I would hope he took just one, but I, I don't. I they don't never know. show it. Yeah, we don't. We're not a hundred percent confident on how many painkillers Larry took. Yeah, Larry takes a handful of Vicodin or whatever it is. Like, Larry <laughs> ODs on OxyContin during the show. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's just one, but the, but Jeff did give him three. And right as the show begins, he takes these pain pills. Which if you've ever been on pain pills, you know what they do to you. And so he starts dozing immediately. Oh, yeah. Uh, even drawing a hey from the stage. <laughs> and as he lays his head down on Vanessa's shoulder, Frolic begins to play. And that is the end of the episode. Uh, I do want to mention the other credit that I noticed. Of course, this was the cast of Hamilton that was playing in L.A. I like the way that Larry's been using local events like he was out at that Revolutionary War reenactment. Yeah. You know, just randomly like, well, this is going on. Let's film something there. And like, oh, Hamilton's <laughs> going to be in town. Well, let's do something with Hamilton. You know, and this was the cast and they were performing a little bit like it was the first you would have gotten to see Hamilton without actually going to see the musical. Yeah, because um, I mean, Disney Plus wasn't a thing yet. It may have. It may. Um, I don't think so. I remember signing up for it and I was in Pittsburgh. We were in our ooh. first house. So it was like 2019, I think. Was it 2019? But, yeah, I want to I want to say 2019 because we had November, I think November 2019. Yeah, look at that. I don't know how I remember that, but um, I remember where I was. I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, well, I'll subscribe to this, see what it's like, and <laughs> never looked back. Um, and I, I want to mention the other credit that I noticed. The pug was played by Lola. Yes. <laughs> Lola credited <laughs> as the pug. Uh, all right, Tim, what do we got for homework this week? I didn't write anything down. Nothing? Yeah. Okay. Got nothing. All right. Well, what do we like for cover art this week? I mean, it's called The Shucker. You feel like you might want to have The Shucker in it somewhere, but I don't know if there's any good scene there. I mean, there's, you know, him talking to Larry out front. There's really nothing good visually with The Shucker. Yeah. I mean, we always fall back on the last shot, but him falling asleep on Vanessa's shoulder is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, maybe something... Oh, what, maybe something... Is there, like, a good shot of them on Judge Judy? That'd be kind of cool. Maybe there's, like, a good, like, two shot. Like, you know, the uh, both of them walking down the... The quarter yeah. mile. Yeah, that could be kind of cool. I don't know. Jeff and his bolo. Since we talked about it so much, Jeff and his bolo talking to Larry, that might be good. I was going to say, like, the <sighs> worm's eye view shot of Jeff fucking Susie. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> wearing wearing the hat and just looking angry about it. <laughs> yeah, just looking nonplussed. <laughs> All right, I'll see if I can make any of those work. But let's look at this week's description. All right. So we had Larry is blackmailed by an employee and tormented by someone from his past, period. Jeff and Larry pitch a new creative venture, period. Eh, I mean, it's not new, but I don't even think I'd remove that. Well, I don't know. Pitch a creative venture. I hate to do something just as, as petty as removing new. Yeah, I, I feel um, like if that's if that's the only thing we're going to do, might as well not do just anything not, to it. Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. It's yeah, surprisingly I, I really do, good. I do kind of like it. it it's yeah. a little weird having Larry in both complete sentences but i'm willing to overlook it because he doesn't start the second sentence yeah it it doesn't uh doesn't fall too sour on the ear okay uh well do we have uh curb your enthuse oh. ai's i'm ready to go yeah, i do let me do that hang on hang on hang on it's gonna be bad I don't <laughs> oh it's always bad it's, it's always, always bad. bad please write a synopsis of season nine episode eight of curb your enthusiasm episode nine i'm sorry episode nine 
of Kirby Enthusiasm. It's not like it matters. The <laughs> Shucker. Yeah, really. Okay. Episode 9, Season 9, Kirby Enthusiasm, The Shucker. Here is what Chat GPT has to say. Larry David finds himself. It obviously starts in Kirby Enthusiasm, Season 9, Episode 9, titled The Shucker. Larry David finds himself entangled in a series of awkward situations. The episode revolves around Larry's attempt to hire a personal Shucker, someone skilled in opening oysters, for his upcoming party. However, his interactions with the prospective Shucker and others lead to misunderstandings and social mishaps. As Larry navigates these comedic challenges, the episode explores themes of social etiquette and the unintended consequences of his actions. <laughs> Pretty sure that's the exact same ending as the last I, one. I mean, except for the stuff that no. is like every episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah. at the very least, it mentions something about a shucker, but yeah. that's because of the title of the episode. I would say where other weeks it's gotten it 0% right, I'd be willing to say it got it 15% right. Yeah, I mean, if you just take out everything about the future and him wanting to hire one, <laughs> you could say, like, um, yeah, sure. It? It His works. interactions with the shucker and others lead to misunderstandings and social mishaps. Like, that's as close <laughs> as it's gotten. Just take out perspective. Tim, AI is getting it. more powerful. It's gone from 0% accuracy to between <laughs> 10 and 15% accuracy. Uh, what and we, that's being generous. What have we wrought? <laughs> Why did we teach it the, what happens in Curb? Uh, all right. Well, next week we have got Season yeah. 9, Episode 10, Fatwa, the Season 9 finale. Uh, original air date is December 3rd, 2017. And if you were looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Season 9 finale, period. <laughs> always. Always. Larry has a scheduling conflict, comma, takes issue with some work associates, comma, and hosts a pair of ungrateful house guests. Oh, boy. It's a little, as much as, like, this week's was so ambiguous and so teasy, even people who had seen the episode were confused about it, and then were like, oh, that's actually really good. This one feels a little like, you know, Larry blah 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 work associates. What's the verb in there? I don't, I forgot. I, uh, takes it. issue with oh, yeah, some Larry work takes associates. issue is very yeah. hilarity ensues. That's very, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, um, so we'll see. Maybe it'll hold up like, like this week's did, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> We uh, we didn't ask whether we liked this episode or not, by the way. Oh, that's right. I, I skipped over yeah. that. Um, I am just kind of uh, uh, free, uh, not free, free balling. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, free f- freestyling. Oh. My my rundown. I didn't take any. I, I didn't take any episodes on this. Any wait. notes? Yeah. I didn't take any notes on this episode. Yeah, I didn't take any episodes on this note. <laughs> Appropriate to freestyle on the Lin Manuel episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it, it was, I had it was, to give, it was more yeah. due to time shortage than it was due to uh, being appropriate for Lin Lin Miranda <laughs> as Larry does co- as he calls himself at one point. Uh, so I had to give this one a star low. I really had a good time during it. I can't tell you why I had to give it a star low. Something about it just didn't to me earn that full star. But it, it was hilarious, and maybe it was the length. Maybe that's what did it to me. Maybe that's the one thing I'm like, what what is it about this episode that like just kind of like, well, it's funny, but it's not great. I, Maybe it's I, the length. I will say it was a quick 45 minutes. It was a quick, longer episode. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like I was checking my phone for time yeah. at any point. The only the first time I checked my phone was at like I didn't even check my phone. I checked how much time I had left, and I was already at 28 minutes. So I'm like, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe it wasn't totally maybe just subconsciously i'm I'm like that's why i give it a star low because i can't tell you why i give it a star low but 
Um, and I don't think I even need a star low at this point, but I just I had a great time in this episode. Uh, Steven Weber's great. And, um, you know, there's a lot of funny parts in it, uh, as you heard. So, yeah. Uh, what about you? I think I'm going to give it a star low as well. I was thinking, do I want to give it a full star? And I, I don't I don't think it's there. It's on the cusp of being a star. But I, it's it's going to stay a star low for me. For I feel the same way. I feel like something is holding it back, and I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I something is holding it back. Maybe it's the lack of having, like, any real big, like, huge laughs. There was a lot of laughs in it. Yeah, a lot nothing, of funny lines. A yeah. lot of funny lines. A lot of, like, relatable moments, obviously. But never any huge laughs. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a lot of little funny lines that add up to a pretty good episode. Not an incredible the, yeah, one. Doesn't cross the full star threshold. I mean, I, I think it would still be, you know, an episode that people would recommend to people. Like, oh, you've got to watch the Lin-Manuel Miranda episode or something. But it's right. not like upper echelon. Yeah, yeah. And he, and Lin-Manuel, I forgot, like fit into the cast so well. He did. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he really did. And he was uh, very good at poking fun at himself as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah playing himself in this <laughs> weird way that they... <laughs> you know, that they envisioned. So, yeah. Um, so since we already did next week, is should I just say, is, is that it? I, I think. If you okay. want me to uh, do it again, I will. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. I'm cool. Uh, all right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. <laughs>